Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Uh, happy Sunday. And, you know, I just felt like uh, just just having a just ra random chat, just something that I was just sitting around doing some writing. And uh, I just started thinking about uh, the, the Olympics and, and professional sports and, you know, that, that, that whole the whole deal. And every couple of years, you know, I'll, I'll step back and take a look at um, just where we are, um, particularly with professional sports um, and, and just where I'm at personally with it. Because, you know, I used to be a, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a fan, uh, dare I say it, uh, fanatic when it comes to certain sports where, you know, I would watch them religiously. It was it was it was like church, you know. Um, and there's certain sports like, you know, for a while, the, the NBA, that was that was one of my sports where, you know, I, I tuned in. And even though I, I, I live in Ohio, um, I, I wasn't a fan necessarily of the Cavs, um, the 90s Cavaliers, certainly the uh, the Terrell Brandon, um, the Mark Price, um, even that. That small moment where Sean Kemp, which, you know, he was one of my all time favorite players when he was with the Supersonics. But that small moment at, at the end of, of his career um, when, when Sean Kemp played for the Cavs was a magical moment for me. Um, but it had a special place you know, in my heart. And the team I rooted for the most, of course, uh, was the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, primarily because of David Robinson the admiral the uh one of the guys i felt just you know he was beyond the pale he was you know he seemed like an honorable gentleman you know a straight shooter um and a tough player and there's something about guys like him and mark price who you know they weren't um like mark price in particular wasn't just a like a gifted athlete it was someone who had to work hard at it. And you could tell that they, they focus on the fundamentals. You know, they were they were working late. They were long practices, all that kind of stuff, and put the time and the effort in to become great players. So that's what drew me towards the NBA. Now, the, some of the other sports, you know, the, the NFL, yes, I was a, uh, I was a fan of the Bengals. Um, uh, and it's mostly uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. That's primarily because I had so many family members that that were also fans of uh, either the Cleveland Browns um, or the Bengals. Those are pretty much your choices, um, and uh, you dare not bring up the Pittsburgh Steelers because then people would get uh, pretty excited about that sort of thing. Um, but you have the NBA, you have the NFL, and then of course um, soccer, um, because that was my sport throughout high school. I played some league stuff. Um, uh, once I was done in college and uh, so I was right there rooting for the, the Columbus crew. Um, I'll try to throw up uh, some a little something in the podcast art. Uh, just a simple picture of me and all my all my gear, <laughs> my Columbus crew gear. Um, but I was very proud and it, it felt like it was a connection like these individual teams. Um, they, they felt like they were tied to the communities that they sat in. You know, you felt like you were making a difference supporting your team and supporting um, the, the the organizations and like you were putting money back into the community. It felt like it was 
like a homegrown business, you know, like a mom and pa shop, you know, like that's that's how it felt in the past. Of course, now everything feels corporate. Um, but stepping back and, and looking at these sports and um, like I said, every couple of years, I couldn't help but notice a certain trend. Now, with the NFL, this was going back to 2009. I mean, everyone's, you know, all the kneeling stuff and, and, the, and the national anthem and, and the and trying to incorporate the black national anthem, which is absolutely hilarious. I mean, it, it's just baby town frolics. Whenever that, that topic comes up, it's hard for me not to chuckle a little bit, even though it's 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 a serious conversation because it has no place um in professional sports or no place anywhere near the actual national anthem we have that unites us all. But I digress. So going back to that, yes, in, you know, 2000, 2009. So the, the NFL and the Department of Defense worked out some sort of a deal, you know, where the soldiers, soldiers, see that? Where the players, <laughs> where the players could come out and hang on the sideline for the national anthem, and they would stand, you know, hands on their hearts, um, that whole deal. And so many years have passed that people just assume that's the way it's always been, but it's it's not. It's um, it was a uh, a bit of a collaboration um, to the tune of uh, six point eight million dollars coming from the Department of Defense, and that's taxpayer funds. And you'll notice a trend um, when it. <laughs> With my podcast, whenever I talk about government funding this, government funding that, I always have to add that little disclaimer in there. You know, taxpayer funding, taxpayer funding, taxpayer funding, because the government doesn't have any money, essentially. It's it's uh, the revenue it just is the taxes that are collected from us, uh, us wonderful tax cattle. Um, but you had that money that was that was paid out. A, a deal was worked out, and then players started coming out on the field. Um, at the time, I. You know, we were all on our, our patriotic kick, um, our high that we were kept on. I mean, this is post 9-11, the attacks in 9-11, which it made sense. We were, we were united. Hey, you know, let's go get those guys. Let's get those terrorists, all, all that good stuff. And, of course, uh, Major League Sports um, went along for the ride. Um, and a lot of these, these organizations, the MLS, the, the MLB, NFL, NHL, all these organizations – you know, had deals that were worked out with the Department of Defense. This isn't just me just making this up. There are plenty of places you can go where you can you can find out the exact numbers. Um, and we're, we're talking about millions of dollars and how much was paid out uh, to a lot of these organizations, a lot of these ball clubs. Um, and they were uh, contractually obliged, you know, to, to celebrate all things government, all things military, you know, and, and, and that was just their uh, their official position. <laughs> And I, at the time, I just thought, oh, okay, hey, that's that's just the way it is. Hey, that's totally cool. Hey, USA, USA, USA. Great. National Anthem, great. You know, uh, when they would have the, the right person come out and actually sing it at some of these events, you occasionally would have the the slip-up from the people like, you know, the, the Macy Grays and, you know, the, the has-been, the washed-up um, uh, pop star from, from the 90s, early 2000s. They'd bring that person out out of retirement to sing and they would just botch the whole thing a lot of times but it, it was still I thought it was a novel concept I thought it was perfectly fine um, and I felt like it was something that united us and now you know and I have to focus on you know NBA don't worry I'll get back to you but the NFL 
now, you know, once we roll it into, you know, 2015, 2016, we started having the kneeling and all that good stuff, you know, just another one of those great distractions, um, especially uh, after uh, President Trump won the election, um, which seemed to bother uh, quite a few people. You know, I, I guess they should have went out and voted, but whatever. So you have these people all of a sudden starting to care about uh, social justice and, and racial justice and inequality, you know, and we need equity here. We need equity there. And, you know, all, the, all that good stuff. Pretty much a lot. A lot of crusades that is it's a it's a real big fat nothing burger. It's just to keep us in this cycle of battling these social issues that will never go away because some of this stuff, you know, we're talking about human nature. We're talking about the human condition. Um, when when uh, when you're discussing um, this innate reaction we have to people we don't know, categorizing them into different groups, you know, that's perfectly natural. Um, a lot of it is deductive reasoning and, and things of that nature. Now, when it goes into you taking actions to block someone from exercising their their right to access certain things, now you're getting into actual racism. And we're seeing a lot of that actually being. Um, directed, being directed at uh, at whites, and of course we can't really talk about that sort of thing. Um, but hey, that's that. But shifting back over, you know, so you have those people that are, you know, the, the Colin Kaepernick's that you know, and a, a lot of other uh, uh, mediocre to decent uh, NFL players, you know, finding ways to to make to make a killing here. Uh, to make a great deal of money in the social justice movement, more money than they would have made in, in the NFL, I would imagine taking a knee and everything because, yeah, that's a real sacrifice. You know, using, um, you know, being paid millions of dollars and having a job where you're 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 playing the game. Yes, there's um, there's a lot, a great deal of work that goes into being a professional athlete. You know, only the one percent of the one percent of us. You know, reach that level, reach that pinnacle to be able to do these things. So I don't want to take anything away from those those individuals that put that hard work and that, that time in. Um, but you have so many of these these athletes and that are just doing well, what's easy, what's popular and what's profitable, which is why I also laugh when people act like this is some sort of sacrifice. Oh, you took a knee and, you know, on national television in front of a bunch of people you know, and you just attracted more sponsorship. Good for you. You just set yourself up like in Colin Kaepernick's uh, uh, in, his, in his situation, set yourself up for a bunch of Netflix deals to um, write and direct movies and all kinds of stuff. Become a millionaire 10, ten times over. Uh, I wouldn't call that a sacrifice. And you're doing what's popular right now, which is, you know, uh, justice for this person, justice for that person, equality, equality, equality. You know, that's that's the uh, the siren song um, of the 2000s and definitely the uh, the 2020s, you know, which is all a smokescreen in, in uh, just the, the big picture. It's all just a smokescreen. But anyway, so you have these athletes that are that are grandstanding and, and, and doing all this stuff. And um, so with the NFL, you know, I couldn't help but drift away from it. That's not that's not what I came there for. It, it's a form of escapism, really. And me being a Bengals fan, I mean, just the Bengals organization 
pretty much is given every every fan a reason to uh, step away for a lot of other reasons, just poor management and and everything else. Um, so I, I distance myself from that. Now bouncing over to the NBA, you know that the NBA, you know, was was a great organization at one time, and it felt like you know those individual teams had a connection to the communities where their stadiums sat at, where their players trained at and played at, there was this connection to the community. And you'd see it on local news. There was just all these feel-good stories with them doing things within the community. Um, but over time, it, it just like the NFL, it became more, uh, I guess, co- corporate-focused. And, you know, not necessarily always focused on, on the money, but there was, it always seemed to be this agenda, and in recent years, we, we've seen that just really come out um, with the NBA when it comes to just ties to uh, to companies that are entangled with the CCP, the communists, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. And when we all remember some of it's still going on right now, a lot of the protests happening in Hong Kong and you had players, um, any player that would speak up and say, you know, you know, free Hong Kong and we support freedom in Hong Kong and democracy and all that good stuff. Um, or they would demonize or attempt to demonize um, the Chinese Communist Party and a lot of their human uh, human rights violations and human rights abuses. Um, in particular, the re-education or concentration camps of the, the Uyghurs in that region, they, they were silenced quickly. And players, coaches, I mean, the handful that came out and said anything in the very beginning, um, they were made examples of in short order. And which really makes it laughable when the, the same organization is quick to silence anyone to say anything negative about their business partner, China. Um, and there are many, uh, many atrocities being committed, but at the same time be all about social justice. They're wearing, you know, they, they were wearing their jerseys with justice for this person, justice for that person, justice for this, you know, uh, convicted felon, black criminal, uh, who was involved in a justifiable, uh, shooting by a police officer. They were, they were wearing their names branded on them, wearing the names of drug dealers, of sex offenders, rapists, you know, career criminals. And that was perfectly fine. Sure. You know, hey, they have a right to uh, express themselves. You know, it's all under uh, the First Amendment, you know, and that's what a lot of people kept saying. It's their First Amendment right. Well, at the same time, those individuals would also slam people like me for saying the things that I say and feel that I should be silenced. So it's funny how that works. But when it comes to the NBA, the deals that they've had set with uh, distribution rights and and syndication, all that stuff um, uh, in that region, in China, I mean, it's a it's it's a deal that has been worth at a minimum. This is a lowball estimate, five hundred million dollars annually. And that deal has been set since uh, 2007, 2008. So the NBA has been rocking and rolling, collecting that money as China has become the bigger market, bigger than this country, bigger than the United States. And then in in 2019, they worked out a five year deal um, with one of their conglomerates over there. uh, I believe it's called Tencher, I believe is the name. And that deal 
was worth $1.5 billion. Low estimate, $1.5 billion. But somehow we're supposed to still believe that this organization, the, the NBA, the National Basketball Association, um, is pro-America and looks out for American workers, American interests, America, 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 but has all these connections and, and obvious connections and will quickly silence anyone within their organization that says anything negative about China, about their abusive basketball camps, about the Uyghur concentration camps, uh, re-education camps that I mentioned earlier. They will silence them immediately. So seeing all this happening, seeing the, the de-evolution of our, uh, our professional sports organizations, you know, I had no choice to just just pack up and just say, hey, you know, this isn't for me and I, I can't support this. I can't buy tickets to these games. Um, I, I can't make donations. You know, I, I don't even feel comfortable attending a lot of these events, even if it's free. I still feel like there's a compromise or something, but I definitely won't um, spend any of my money on that. And disclaimer, <laughs> as always, I'm not telling anyone what to do with their hard earned money or with their time, their leisure time or whatever. This is me just, just purely stating my, my personal position, you know, my story, right? A lot of people say, you know, my truth, I'll, I'll just say truth. Uh, but this is just my, my position based on my observation over uh, just, just what I've seen the past 20 years, you know, so you, you have all this going on. And the NBA, I can't mention the NBA without mentioning good old uh, LeBron James, um, who committed a hate crime hoax that people just seem to have forgotten about. And this was in uh, 2017. I don't know if anyone remembers, but the whole, you know, uh, someone spray painted the N word on my on the front gate, you know, of, of one of my mansions. You know, do you have any video footage? Well, no. All right. Well, do you have any other witnesses outside of your buddies just standing around? What about your neighbors? Nope. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a look at the gate. Oh, look at that. Like it's completely clean and dry with no signs of anyone wiping it off. Oh, well, we cleaned it off before you got here. Okay. And people just accepted that. He held press conferences. I mean, this is stuff that was seen around the world and it made headlines just from sea to shining sea, just people going on and on about how how difficult it is to be black in America, even if you're a, uh, you know, a, a millionaire, uh, probably now billionaire, you know, you're still treated as a second class citizen, you know, and black men are being hunted, as he stated uh, during all the 2020 uh, racial justice shenanigans that we uh, that we had to deal with last year. We're still dealing with a little bit this year, but it was in, it was dialed up to 9,000 uh, last year. But he was right there, just just going on and on. Um, the same as the former president uh, Barack Obama and his wife from their their late their, uh, their lakeside you know mansion worth 13 million dollars, talking about how it's it's just still you know we're still dealing with you know Jim Crow type. Uh, uh, laws and, and uh, still dealing with racism and bigotry and woe is the black people and, and ensuring that that victimhood crown stays firmly planted on the heads of every black uh, man, woman and child in this country because it's a cash cow. 
And the reason why it's a cash cow is pretty obvious because, well, slavery. I mean, that, that's never good. We're, we're never going to be able to uh, reach a post-racial era where we're, we're no longer going over and over just just bickering about uh, reparations, bickering about Jim Crow, bickering about slavery. You know, it, it could be 100 years into the future if we're still a country 100 years into the future. I hope we are. <laughs> but even 100 years from now, I mean, there will be politicians that will be still, you know, uh, race baiters and race hustlers and hate peddlers that are still going to be cashing in the chips um, on this because it's the only thing they have. As I stated before, they continue to try to pull in Hispanics, pull in Asian Americans, and it just doesn't work the same. Um, but, but blacks, what were the go-to? So you have that with LeBron James and, and then you have all the, all the kneeling and all that stuff, kneeling in submission or kneeling in solidarity, how, however they want to put it. Um, whatever but but you have that and so then i move away from that now as i stated before i'm also a uh, bit uh, well i was a bit of a soccer fan uh major league soccer and there's some international stuff that that i would watch from time to time i mean you know i grew up on the whole you know pele you know greatest player of all time greatest uh brazilian uh soccer player of all time and you know and he was my idol especially when i was in middle school and high school um, but of course, even MLS, we, we watched the, the fast de-evolution of that small, uh, that small professional organization as well with more of the same, more kneeling, wearing all the jerseys, black lives matter stuff spread all over the place. Um, uh, even though their leadership has stated that they are trained Marxists and follow a Marxist ideology and want to uh, deconstruct and, and destroy the nuclear family, abolish the nuclear family, you know, tear down capitalism and, and any institution that has any uh, inkling uh, of capitalism within it and all that kinds of craziness, you know, but hey, what the heck, you know, so they're. <laughs> So they did their own grandstanding. And then, you know, even at the highest level, when we're talking about Olympic soccer, even with um, the female soccer player, Megan uh, Rapinoe, I believe is her name, um, who, just like Colin Kaepernick, you know, found found a niche, found a niche, found found an opportunity, you know, where you can get more sponsorship. You can make a little bit of money and you can look like a, um, a sympathetic hero at the same time while sacrificing absolutely nothing you know well wait she's getting mean tweets from people oh my goodness she's still a millionaire and she's still she's still bringing in more sponsorship dollars and and more opportunities are coming her way because what she's doing aligns with the current approved narrative so yeah good for her but seeing all this i just i just don't see the point like okay i'm not gonna go and spend a hundred dollars to go and take my kid to a Columbus crew game when there's a chance, there's a strong chance that one, they're, they're not going to play the actual national anthem that has a 200 year plus history that unites us all, all races. They might replace it with the quote unquote, the black national anthem, which is just some church hymn, you know, I, and I have to explain that to, uh, to, to my daughter and, no, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, you know, and there's probably going to be banners up in black lives matter memorabilia and, and crap and, and advertisements spread all over the place. And, you know, there might be some halftime show where someone will get up and, 
sing some rap song talking about how, you know, the, the police are out hunting black people and all that kind of stuff. When, when the facts pretty much, you know, completely debunk that, which I've talked about plenty in 2020. But, yeah, some people listen, some didn't, but whatever. So why? Why would I invest my time in that? So in stepping back from these things, it gave me uh, stepping back from professional sports. It gave me a, a some more time, more time in my daily life where I've been able to do more research about things that actually matter. Um, I've been able to work on things like this podcast, uh, for instance, um, to work on different um, YouTube channels, things of that nature, um, do collaborations with people from all over the world. So, you know, I, I see no point and I and I have no interest in going back to it. It just doesn't. And the same thing with the Olympics. I used to love watching the Olympics, um, especially throughout the 90s when I was a kid. Um, and then into uh, the early 2000s, it was a. It was a big deal. You know, I couldn't help but watch, you know, Michael Johnson set records when he was the guy, you know, and he was the hardcore sprinter. And, you know, you've got that Usain Bolt guy who's just unbelievable, <laughs> superhuman. Um, but it was great watching those things. Um, but now, I mean, it's all been hijacked. I mean, we have the cult of woke flexing their muscles displaying a true show of force, letting us know that the money doesn't even matter. It's about the message, as the Joker said in the the Dark Knight <laughs> Batman movie from uh, 2008. It's not about the money. It's about the message. So they don't care if these things flop. They don't care if the movies flop. They don't care if the TV shows fade into obscurity. They don't care if people stop tuning in to watch the NFL, the NBA, MLB, you know, MLS. They, they don't really care about that. You know, it's about sending the message that at any time we can swoop in and we can um, completely steal away all that you uh, hold dear to you. You know, we can take away your escapism and we can give it back to you whenever we see fit. And, oh, you're going to take your money away. You're going to stop watching and all that good stuff. You're going to stop listening. That's that's fine. We don't care. The point is to show you that we're in charge now. <laughs> and that's what it feels like with all these different sports. And considering the 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 way these regular seasons and these championship uh, uh, parts of the season, the postseason stuff, the way this stuff is set up and the preseason, the entire year is covered. I mean, you have the Major League Baseball regular season, March to October. Then you have the World Series, October to November. The NBA, you know, October through April. Then they have their playoffs, April to June. The NFL, September to January. Then the Super Bowl in February. The MLS, uh, Major League Soccer, you know, April to November. And then they have their cup playoffs, um, November to December. NHL, uh, the National Hockey League. Regular season, October to April. Then they have their Stanley Cup playoffs and Stanley Cup finals, uh, April to June. So it used to it used to feel great to have so many options when it comes to escapism from our, you know, the, the humdrum lives that a lot of us are living where we get locked into certain routines. And we just we just want our escapism. We just want our you know, some people would look at these sports as medication. You know, we just want to be able to relax and enjoy our medication from from the real world and relax. You know, you, you've already taken away our, our favorite uh, TV shows and, and our sitcoms, our, our movies. 
um, social media, mainstream media, you know, and now our professional sports, you know, you're not really leaving us with a whole lot here. And then you throw in all the crazy lockdowns and quarantine stuff that we had last year, which is starting to kick back up again because, you know, the Delta variant run for your lives. You know, it's 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 incredible. It it truly is. It's it's incredibly awful, um, but it's it's fascinating to just watch the de-evolution of um, so many things that were once important to so many people. Even religion, which is something I'll talk about uh, later, but it was interesting watching the, the state being able to step in and say, you know what, um, you can't worship your God in uh, this building here. Why? Because um, uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. COVID. So. So, yes. Um, but if you want to go out in droves and um, protest racial justice, that is permitted. Um, if you want to protest lockdowns, that is not permitted. And we will demonize you and we will turn you into racists. Because <laughs> that, that's the go to pretty much. Every every everything that has to deal with the anti-government, anti-lockdowns, you know, those who are uh, against the uh, the shots, you know, the COVID shots, it all gets turned into like your your racist. It's because it's easy. Even with the mainstream media and the way they film a lot of this stuff, the focus is on just anyone who's white who's there. They'll ignore all blacks, Hispanics um, and Asians that attend a lot of these protests and, and different events and all that kind of stuff. So that. That's what sinks into the minds of, of those that are glued, still glued for some reason to these mainstream media networks, which, of course, are, are co- corporate control, corporate con- controlled and dominated um, uh, by uh, some federal agencies as well. But, hey, and this once again, this isn't none of this is speculation. None of this um, is me just talking out, out of the side of my neck, um, as some would say, uh, there's. All this stuff, you you can find this information. It might take you a little while to find some of it because, you know, it's layered a a bit when you go through Google, but it's there. So those are just some of my thoughts on just professional sports um, in general. And I hope I truly hope one day um, we will truly return uh, to a point of um, actual normalcy not not the we're in charge and here's what we will allow you to do so now that's what's normal no i mean actual normalcy where you actually had the the um true freedom of bodily autonomy being able to decide what goes in your body and and all that stuff being able to decide when you want to travel internationally where you want to go um without having to present you know a vaccine passport if you're going to the to the uk or ireland or or um or wherever, you know, or in the case of Australia, you, you can't go anyway. Their government is pretty much um, they're just holding their citizens hostage until they give their prime minister what he wants, which is um, I believe it's an 80 percent uh, vaccination rate is what he's looking for. Um, but one day, I believe <laughs> I won't say I have hope. But I, I do feel as though most societies operate in cycles and this cycle will pass. This storm will pass and we'll we'll come out on the other side. We'll see. We'll see where we stand. But but anyway, uh, thanks a lot for listening in. Thanks a lot for uh, for all the support and the feedback. It's all greatly appreciated, as always. 
um, please feel free to uh, you can still reach me um, through the the usual channels um, you can you can find me on the Snell Nation Facebook page Instagram page um, I believe yes I was kicked off again off of LinkedIn um, I submitted a dispute we'll see where that goes um, but yeah I'm not hard to find so thanks again for listening in Snell Nation out <laughs>